two, one. Hello and welcome everyone to the No Outlet Podcast. We have got another big show tonight. As you all know, I'm a big, big fan of uh, industrial hemp, hemp of all types actually. And tonight we have someone uh, whose company is on the forefront uh, of that movement. True hemp pioneers are on the show here tonight. Um, as most of you know, I was lucky enough to own and operate a hemp company in the early 90s, and I remember meeting uh, the mother of our guest several times during that period, and yes, I am dating myself now as an old guy, uh, but nonetheless, I'm very excited to have her on the show, so without any further delay, please give a warm, no-outlet welcome to Summer Star from Enviro Textiles. How are you, Summer? Oh, thanks so much for having me, Ethan. Oh, you're welcome. Great to be here with you and everyone today in these exciting times. And, you know, that is such an awesome and great story. Uh, what was your brand back in the 90s? Yeah, it was called, uh, I had it from 1993 to, I sold it in 99. It was called Lost Harvest. And okay, you know what? I remember that. Do you? Yeah, I do. Yeah, because, you know, I was the kid that was kind of keeping track of everything that there was going on out there. And yeah. at that time, there was enough to really keep track of. Yeah. Um, so it's funny. I I tend to remember things more from the 90s and the early 2000s than I sometimes do from last week. So. Oh, isn't that the truth? I <laughs> you feel know. the same way sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's funny. I when I was doing and I'm gonna get, we're gonna play a game called Twenty Questions that always starts with question number one. Before we before we go there though, I was doing research on your company and I'm like, oh my gosh, I know Barbara. I remember she had Earth Goods and she worked mm-hmm. with Ecolution. We were very mm-hmm. close with Steve and um and with Eric at the time and Mm -hmm. um yeah so it's just wild it's like i didn't realize that until just recently though i just saw you know you guys out there i'm like that's a company that i can get behind promoting and then i realized wow i've met that woman before so right oh how cool yeah definitely yeah so thank you yeah yeah, totally so again we're going to play 20 questions starts with question number one question number one what are your thoughts on interdimensional beings living among us right now? I mean, I kind of live by the motto of all things are possible. And I wouldn't doubt that in a moment of time, whether it's our time, space time, or galactic time, or whatever you want to call it. But, you know, I think a lot of us have seen enough or, you know, a lot of times we really kind of have to leave this country to see things that can really kind of open your mind and enlighten you to the unknown that we haven't really gotten to visit here, um, but other countries that are a little bit more connected to Earth and, you know, haven't swayed too far out from that connection that it's it's right. pretty visible and right in front of you. So absolutely, man. I love that, you know, and it's so true that you, you, the further you get away from the connectivity to the earth, the, the, the more things might become, you know, less and less obvious to you. So I love that answer. Uh, question number two, do you believe that hemp can save the world? Uh, I know hemp can save the world. Yes. <laughs> you know, you just don't have 
other single entities that can fill so many needed products, voids, foods, housing, you name it. You know, when you start learning about hemp, you're captured because it can do it all. So absolutely. Yeah, I I agree. And it's just, it's amazing because, you know, again, going back to the early 90s and your mom was involved even before that, um, there were so many, you know, companies out there at the time the marijuana laws were so draconian and they've changed a lot since then. And if somebody had, you know, asked me back then in 1994, I'll say, you know, what's going to become, you know, legal and used first marijuana Mm -hmm. or hemp. I definitely would have said hemp and I definitely would have been Mm -hmm. wrong, but there's still time and, and companies like yours are the reason why, um, you know, there, there's still hope for, for hemp and, and what hemp can bring to the table. So I mentioned already, you well, know, I think, oh, please go ahead. You know, I think we all thought that, right. you know, it was like, we, we thought for sure hemp was going to lead the way for the other side of all the great cannabis stuff, you know? And, mm-hmm. um, and it was just so wild, especially here in Colorado, you know, we had the very first hemp initiative after the prohibition back in 1992. I was 10 years old in those hearings, all right? And we ended up losing that initiative by one vote. And who would have thought in a million years it was going to take 22 years to come back around? And then really, it wasn't even a hemp initiative. It was a medical cannabis bill that hemp just happened to get written in the back end and kind of sneak its way in. (laughs) So, you know, it's pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's wild. Um, All right. So we've already mentioned that, you know, you're lucky enough to work with your mom, who, again, I remember from all that time ago. You know, what's, and I, and I always, because I had an opportunity to work with my mother for a short period of time with her business as well. And I know what my feelings are about that, but I think it's so special. So I want to ask you, you know, what is it like being able to help create, build, develop a company that literally will help? make the world a better place alongside your mother? You know, it's, it's such an honor. I mean, you know, I was blessed to kind of, you know, be an only child. I mean, as a child, I used to always beg for siblings. I even remember at one point I'd say, can't you just adopt two kids from like across the world or something? You know, I just wanted siblings like nothing, but, um, But, you know, that didn't happen, and I was an only child with two single parents that were very dedicated to their careers. And so, you know, I literally was the kid in the factories begging for something to do and getting to have my hands on the products at a young age. I was throwing pizza parties with my girlfriends to make the first fabric books for uh, uh, Earth Goods and, you know, um, learning the fabrics and then having a hemp shop because at that time there just weren't enough buyers. So, you know, here's mom going, well, let's open a shop in our little tourist town and see how it goes. And, you know, it was just such a, a learning process. But at the same time, just like it does with anybody, when you start learning about hemp, you're just absolutely captivated by everything this plant can do. And as a child, you know, you're looking at it. And back then, the controversy and the legalities and all this stuff, it was like, why is the world 
so ignorant to like what this truly is and what we could be doing here and, and what a head start we could have had, you know, not having to literally fight to be heard for the truth, right. <laughs> you know, um, and, and obviously there's times where working in a family business can be rough. I mean, you know, you butt heads or, or you've got your mother daughter stuff course, going on, course, but yeah. I, I really feel like you know, my mother is just such an Einstein and I was the one that was put here to be her equilibrium and kind of be her voice to bring her information out to the public so people could understand what she's talking about because a lot of it's really technical stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, it's really been a beautiful partnership for us and really, I think, helped us to advance um, our reach by being able to kind of capture all those angles together. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. And, and just yeah. speaking of the genius of your mother for a second, another thing that I learned in the last few weeks of, you know, looking into your company and her background. So I remember thinking way back when, back to the Earth Goods days, I think they used hemp from mm-hmm. Thailand. And I remember mm-hmm. in the early stages of Lost Harvest, we tried to make some of our product out of that fabric. And we tried four or five different cut and sew operations and they couldn't figure mm-hmm. it out. And then I read that the reason why your mother was able to figure out was it was very similar to the hemp that I think she used in India. I think that's what it was. And I just remember thinking, you know, to be able to solve just even that problem um, it, mm-hmm. is, is a level of sophistication with fabrics that I've never had and I never will have. And so hats off to your mom for figuring that one out. Yeah. And, you know, in India, it wasn't hemp back then, but it was other natural fibers. And so, you know, technically, yeah. So technically I'm fifth generation in natural fibers, but it's interesting. Yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. It kind of runs in our blood, you know, but it's, it's very different kind of generation to generation of who carries kind of a further gift, you know, like my mother, you can literally put in a field or in a factory or in front of a machine and there's been times where I've asked her, like, how, how'd you know what to do? Like, how'd you achieve this? Whoa, what? You know, and she's going, I don't know. I just saw it. I saw wow. in my mind what I needed to do and implemented it, and it worked. It was like she was being channeled or something, yeah. you know, and it, it just goes to show that, you know, some people are really put on this earth to do particular jobs and, um, and you know, this generational information that kind of continues along to your next akin is so real, you know, and she's saying, I just saw it. I don't even know where it came from. And I'm going, man, I don't have that gift. You know, I have to sit there and really learn it. And luckily I've had enough years of learning that I can put things together pretty quickly, but you know, I definitely don't have that connection um, to the process of how, how to make new things create and and work together like she does so you know that was definitely huge and that's what made her really decide you know when she first started working with hemp it was for a clothing line um earth tribe if you remember those because they were using the old Hmong tribe hemp too and it was like 12 14 inches wide you know when she met those guys they had like a tube top and a mini skirt you know and they said well that's all we could figure out how to make because it's only 12 14 inches wide and she goes I can design around that you guys you know and and after working with that fabric and designers are so into their fabrics 
she was going, somebody's got to do something about these fabrics so more designers can use it and we can get this out to the world because what an impact, what an you impact. know, and, and it, it just all kind of flowed from there. And it definitely wasn't easy, you know. It no. took many years in all the countries and, you know, continuing to be there all the time too. And, um, you know, we've gotten to this point where we've really got – an amazing program worldwide. So yeah, we're, wow. we, we spread the wings around the earth, man. It's, it's really, it's pretty exciting to see, you know, how the world's kind of waking up to how important these things are. Yeah, so. no, absolutely. I love that. So let's talk about Enviro Textile. So what was the first product that you guys launched with? Well, we launched Enviro with two different fabric collections. Um, so we had our Romanian collection that was about 18 different fabrics, um, which that was a lot out of Eastern Europe. You know, she managed to create more fabrics by utilizing the same warp yarn and just switching, switching out the weft. So she was like, we can get more out of these looms and, and make it look like different, you know, it was different fabrics, but it was a single warp. And, and that really allowed us to get much further there. And then, of course, at that time, she had already been in China for a number of years as well and had standardized hemp and had some of the first high-end developments. So like our hemp silk charmeuse it's funny like designers still to this day will look at that fabric and go what an amazing new hemp fabric i'm going new no this stuff's been around for 25 plus years this was kind of one of the fabrics that really helped get into a much higher level of industry in the fashion scene and what most of the high-end designers in the world have used. And, you know, I've been lucky to work with designers like Versace and Donna Karen, Ralph Lauren, and it was that hemp silk that got us in the door. So, you know, back then it was two different fabric collections, um, and then within a couple of years, we kept having so many clients saying, can't you guys just make a, a simple basic t-shirt? It's just so hard to run production and we just need small numbers or what have you. Right. And I remember going to mom and saying, you know, you made that Jersey net. <laughs> Let's do some t-shirts with it and see how it goes. Yeah. And within that first year, we went from just natural and black up to, you know, half a dozen colors and more styles. And we were being able to offer it to a number of different brands, concert tours, employee workwear, events, you name it. But then also provide it to brands so they could brand and go tackle the market. And it really helped to explode hemp of fashion with just these basic t-shirts. So, you know, it was very cool to watch that really come in and create such a wave in the industry with just such a simple, basic product. Totally agree with that. So based on your experience, uh, and, and there's obviously a lot of that, what country right now currently uh, produces the highest quality hemp in terms of, you know, consistency of, of hand and just overall the, the nicest quality hemp? Well, that's hands down China. Always has, always will be. You know, China, of course, it was interesting because when when mom first went there, it was actually triggered by the first million dollar order for hemp um, from Rug Barn. I don't know that they're even around anymore, but remember Rug Barn, they were so cool. They had 
you know, mall stores with tree lamps and yeah. all these great eco home furnishings and stuff. And they came interested in hemp. And of course, at that time, she goes, well, there's no way we're ever going to be able to fill an order like this in Eastern Europe. There's not even enough hemp to go around. And she starts researching, you know, and finds, oh, well, China's been growing hemp for 8,000 years. They've got natural state-of-the-art facilities. They're going to have everything we need. And yeah. and she gets to China, and that was the truth. But they had only ever made two fabrics for their military use. Right. So she had to start all over in China. And I think it took about three years before they were filling the order for Rugbarn. And how wow. cool is Rugbarn? To go, we'll stick it out with you guys, you know, and under, and I mean, she, it was just her being very upfront and honest and saying, here's what we're going to have to do to make this happen. And it could take a while, guys. And they said, well, we'll stick by you. And when, when you can fulfill what we need, let's, let, we're ready to pull the trigger. And that's what really kind of shifted things. And of course, she's very famous in China for sure. coming in and revolutionizing this ancient fiber um, into what we see today. But you know, it's it's interesting when you think about all the different fabrics that require so many different factories. You know, it's not like there's one facility that it's coming in and yep. getting processed and turned all the way to the fabric. People don't realize, you know, one place is processing fiber, another place is spinning, another place could be weaving, another's knitting, another's limited to lighter weights and heavy weights or silk blends or what have you. So it's a lot to manage. Um, on what's going where at all times, but, you know, it's created this collection where we can honestly say to designers, hey, not only do we have a hemp fabric that's perfect for you, but we've got a whole collection you can choose from. Right. So, you know, it's it's really helped to, you know, create options and, and more things out on the market. Because remember back in the 90s, you know, it was like, Everybody was doing their own cool things, but it was like we kept seeing the same fabric pop up yeah, <laughs> for, yeah, totally. for a number of brands because we were really limited. Yeah, so. no, that's so true. Um, just a couple quick notes on what you said. So first of all, I love the story about how uh, the, one of the Chinese factories wanted to name um, some kind of scale, the Bawa scale, like after Barbara. Yes. <clears throat> but she didn't, yeah. we, she didn't let that stick. I thought that was great. And then the other thing is, you know, you mentioned the machinery China had going and if you think about it it's like the United States back in the 20s or and before that like we were we had the machinery in place and then greed stepped in the yeah. way and everything got shut down and I oftentimes I I used to think about it all the time when I had my company but every once in a while I'll still think like what would have happened if you know DuPont and everybody else hadn't gotten involved and wanted to redirect that revenue stream right over to them and just kept everything going and put the money into the earth, where would we be now? You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. if we had continued to put money into, you know, all the different machines that you need to harvest and, and process, we would think, I mean, we'd be light years ahead of anything that we've got going on in this country now, which is almost nothing. And maybe even past what's going on, you know, in other parts of the world, it's, it's it's sad, but it's also encouraging to know that we can probably still get there. Yeah, no, it's so true. I mean, you know, I wish you would have let the Chinese create that grading, that BAWA grading system, because right. people today just can't believe that, like, you know, this American woman went over there and did all this. They think the Chinese have always been masters at hemp and, 
yada, yada, yada. And it's like, well, if you do your research, it all shifted in the late 80s, early 90s when Barb got to China, you know. So, um, but like you said, you know, we ended up fire sailing our natural fiber equipment during the Great Depression and how heartbreaking that the country was in a position where it was like anything and everything we have of value, get anything for it to survive. You know, which we see happen all over the world and we lose industries and traditions because of these situations. And then here we are today going, you know, we need more natural fibers and some of the biggest, most Mm -hmm. toxic companies on earth are desperate for natural fibers. And they're calling us not because they're necessarily interested in hemp. It's because they're literally going, we're desperate for anything. All we have is GMO corn stock waste and sugarcane stock waste in this country that doesn't perform burns too fast whatever it is you know and and they're going anything you guys can get us so you know that's where it's like we're in this turning point in this country right now to make sure that we rebuild these broken systems to do it right and be sustainable for generations to come when we've got a handful of groups out there all claiming to be the first to bring hemp fabric to the market and they're utilizing these old, nasty chemical systems. And there's no label laws that require them to say, hey, this is a viscose hemp or a rayon hemp right. or now this new cottonized hemp. So it's important everybody's aware of that. You know, we're in an exciting time where everybody wants to get behind it and support it. But we kind of have to, like, slow down and really evaluate what we're going to stand behind in this country and know if it's the area we want to see push forward or if it's just perpetuating those same old broken systems that put us here. So true. So, you know, anybody that's demanding hemp fabric in the U.S. right now, there is no way to do it naturally. So that tells you you are only going to perpetuate the problem if that's what you're asking for. Absolutely. So. Yeah, and you know, yeah. it's, it's funny. I mean, my, my company was, we, we at the time that we entered the marketplace, everyone was doing, you know, you had the head case hats, you had the bags, you had, you mm-hmm. know, evolution doing their thing. So we're like, okay, well, what is, we don't want to go in and just copycat. So it's like, what is nobody doing? So we did, you know, we did the Freedom Flyer hemp flying disc. We did change purses, key rings. Like we did small accessories that were easier for mom and pop stores to sell. But I, I, the whole time I'm like, okay, well, the future of this isn't going to be in stuff like I'm selling. It's going to be, can you manufacture hemp fiberboard that goes inside a car panel? Can you manufacture mm-hmm. materials to build a house? So from your experience, again, and you're, you're, you know, you got the finger on the pulse of, of the hemp industry right now. What do you think is going to be the hemp product that, even if it's boring, even if it's a boring product that we might never <laughs> even realize is in a product, what do you think is going to be the most mainstream hemp product out there? Well, you know, it's interesting. And you were so far ahead of your time, Ethan, you know, and thank God for brands like you guys, because it was those little products that pushed the information in the envelope and was able to spread through everyone's, you know, closets and their bodies and be out rocking some cool I mean it really really was you know it I looked that and it still is today honestly I tell people every day like you have to treat every day like it's the first because we're still educating we still have so far to go we still have to make sure people have the right info and and you know those little products or the small brands can tend to get further reach, you know, than sometimes the big brands that just put out one big marketing, you know, 
splash and and it's very limited and the things we kind of already know where the little guys are going a little deeper so no thank you for for putting yourself on the line and knowing like hey this might be all we can do but honestly those things are what got us here you know and it's interesting because today no it's so it's so true thank you because you know and I think I remember us having your discs and stuff in the hemp shop yeah in Glenwood earth goods yeah yeah so you know it was like I thank God for those things because people came in and they, you know, something cool would catch their eye, and it was like, okay, they got twenty five bucks in their pocket. Well, hey, this thing's twenty. All right, yeah, let me take a chance on it, and they'd leave with something hemp. You know, right. it was so cool. But um, and you know, today I I hear so many people that are joining the industry that are going, oh, hemp paper, hemp toilet paper, hemp houses. You know, these are mm. products that we know are so important and are going to make a huge impact with us seeing the timber industry kind of settle and not having to cut down more trees all the time Mm -hmm. and, and really important. But at the same time, we can't be looking at the products that have very little to no value and think we're ever going to get anywhere with hemp. So, you know, right now in the U.S., everybody should really be focused on the herd going into composites, fillers, and building materials. You know, and and when we're looking at the hemp plant, I mean, obviously, you know, you've got your your seed on top with your plant matter that can go to food, body cares, extraction, all that cool stuff. And then here comes the stock that, you know, 80 plus percent of it is that inner woody herd core and only that outer ribbon you can literally peel off contains the fiber. And a lot of people think the whole stock has fiber in it. And that's just not the case. It's just that outer shell, you know, bark of the plant pretty much. Um, And so when we're looking at that, it's like, okay, you know, here's our textiles. And with textiles, we have to start with non-wovens and build out the supply chain and the standardization of non-wovens in a correct manner so that we can ever then lead into our wovens and build our values as these transition times hit. So we're not going to see hemp for a very long time kind of hit its plateau and start to come down. It's going to continue to build values as long as we continue to honor it in the right way and do these natural mechanical processes that maintain the materials to its fullest performances and values. So, you know, I hate to say, because I want a hemp house just as bad as the next person, you know, but I'm going, <laughs> you guys, you know, right. until we're we're focusing on some of these higher value composites to make the, the lesser quality, you know, lower price point more competitive in building, we're probably not going to really see that. And we sure as heck aren't going to see papers because, you know, paper mills right now, go and pick up the waste from the lumber yards for free. You know, it's right. it's keeping the waste from those guys. They don't have to pay to get rid of it. It's not sitting around and becoming a biohazard. The paper mills are going, well, all we have to do is pay to go pick it up. You know, I don't know any hemp farmers that are going to go, yeah, just take it for free, guys. Come and get it. Right. You know, right. so... I mean, we're a ways off from that. And and like I said, it takes the right systems, too, so that we even will have that waste down the line to be able to go into those products. So, 
you know, that's, that's really the focus. And mom's been working on, she's got a new decortication machine that is revolutionary, even unbelievable. And, you know, they're feeling like it's getting close to ready to, to launch this to the market and, and building them here in the U S so that, you know, we can see processing facilities popping up all over the country because our logistics are always a big issue, but even more now so with these gas prices and inflation that's going up like it is. So we need affordable equipment that can be these great central processing locations for the farmers. And it's so feasible and so doable and an equipment that's affordable that's going to bring us to where we need to go. So these next, you know, steps are really going to be exciting to see. That's great. Some look forward to. That's awesome. All right, let's shift gears a little bit and let's learn a little bit more about summer. So what is the best concert that you've ever been to? Oh, my gosh, man. How can you ask me that? There's like so many. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, do your best. Best concert. Oh, my gosh. Or maybe not best. Best is a really Ugh. tough adjective, right? So maybe instead it's one of the most memorable concerts. How about that? Well, I'd say probably have two because my first concert, I snuck out when I was like 13. There you go. Snuck, mom, was off, mom was off in <laughs> Romania or somewhere. And my dad worked for TV and film. So he was like always out filming stuff. And so I didn't really have to sneak out. I just walk out the front door. But I knew I wasn't supposed to be out, you know. Yeah, and our it's more friend, fun to think you're older, out. <laughs> our friend's older brother was a security guard and oh snuck us God, in the back door boring. of a corn show. Nice. And this was like, I don't even know, 93 or something like that, 94 or sure. something like that. And it was my first concert, so it was really like, a, you know, it was that, like, awe of going, wait, this is what concerts are about, right. and, you know, this is what we get to do when we go out and get older. Like, I'm going to go to concerts every weekend. <laughs> <laughs> you know? so, right. Oh, that was awesome. definitely one of the, the most classic. And then I actually drove in a blizzard um, for hours one time to go and see Josh Heinrichs, who's one of my favorite, favorite, favorite performers. So okay. check him out if you don't know who he is. Um, but yeah, drove, and I knew it was a blizzard. You know, I left and uh, the canyon behind me, I heard uh, a big crazy sound and then later found out there was a 17 car pile up no. that I had just made it out of and made it to this concert. Wow. Yeah, so. Damn. Those are two for the records, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I like that. It's tough to, t- you know, the top one, you know, 13, sneaking out, got the got the in on the security side, letting you in the back door. I mean, that's got a little bit of everything right there. Plus, back then, like, corn <laughs> in 93, 94 was a big show. Um, yeah. Yeah, they were, that was a big show. That sounds fun. All right, what book are you reading right now? And if you're not right reading a book, now. Okay, yeah. and if you're not reading a book, you can name a TV show. I'm never sure if I should ask tv show or book is because some people are so not into tv and some people aren't into books so pick your poison okay no so i well no i'd rather tell you about the tv show because it's Good. ridiculous me too um <laughs> i like that <laughs> so better. ridiculous so you know we are this year we're actually launching 
our online retail, okay? But the big thing for us was like, we don't want this to just be an online retail. We want to include all of our client brands and everybody out there doing awesome hemp products so we can create the online hemp mall the world's never seen with hemp surfboards, scrubbies, couches, cornhole, you name it. It's all going to be on this website and it's going to be a platform for us to all come together. But a big part of this is bringing in the social aspect so we have a place that people can come and not only find all these great products and support our cause, but also get involved with our movement and see what's going on. And so we're doing a lot of filming and videos right now. And so I've been watching things like Shark Tank and some others, but then I got hooked on, this is so crazy, Catfish. I did not think you were going to say that. I know. It comes out of like left field. The catfish is like this super, you know, personable. Like they've got these like selfie cameras. They're just going on the run into these different situations. And and that's kind of what we're doing right now. Like, you know, I'm going on the road and doing this like follow the fabric series. So people really understand like how things are made and all the different places it can go and who you're supporting. And and so, you know, I got hooked on this catfish because I was watching how they were kind of doing their production And then I just was like, these are such ridiculous stories. This is a great show to stop my brain and let me help fall asleep at night because I I will be up all night working that I have to stop and put something on that is just the most like ridiculous thing so that it's not something I want to stay up and watch. You know, I'll fall asleep within minutes rather than staying up and watch it. So that's my guilty pleasure right now has been this ridiculous MTV's catfish but I really love the host Neve and you know it's it's been a really cool show to kind of get some really neat ideas from and and has inspired some things for our new series that's coming out they're good at producing a show I'll I'll give them that and I actually have to admit that I've watched that show so my daughter she doesn't (laughs) live with me anymore she's older but when we we're under the same roof, you know, uh, she, and she is such a smart girl. She's got her own cold press juice company, but she's the same way. Like she needs just that stupid TV to take her mind off things. And before mm-hmm. it was even a big show, like she was like, dad, you guys see this new show. It's called catfish. I'm like, okay. And I started watching it and I was just <laughs> like, all right, these guys know how to, if nothing else, they know how to make people that wouldn't ordinarily be intriguing, intriguing. And they know how to put mm-hmm. it all together and produce it and edit it in a way that it's it's entertaining. That's the bottom line. Um, and uh, mm-hmm. silly or not, it's it's out there and it's become part of the cultural fabric. Like if anybody says, "Oh, they've been catfished," like you know what that means almost entirely because of that show. Right. Yeah. 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 So I noticed on your website <laughs> um, that you, first of all, that your members of Vote Hemp and many other organizations. Love Eric, love what they do at Vote Hemp. Um, yeah. But I noticed you guys have a whole section of your website, and I'm sure you're going to be updating this when you go to your new platform, which is hemp promotional products. And I think that's such a great mm-hmm. idea. One thing that we did at Lost Harvest um, that we never really publicized, we didn't even advertise it, people would just come to us. So we had Turner Broadcasting with Captain Planet. We had um, the Olympics. We mm. had Microsoft. All these companies came to us, and we made custom hemp products for all of them. The Olympic Committee, 
Grateful Dead, Blues Traveler, Fish. I mean, I can go on and on. And I always felt like mm-hmm. that was such an interesting angle to take. And especially now where there are a lot of companies out there who want to put a green foot forward, if you will. They want to promote and advertise like every company wants to, but they don't want to do it just without thinking about, okay, are we being sustainable here? What's our message? Mm-hmm. So um, <clears throat> what have, have you found great success with? Like, how is that going? Is that is that a big part of your business or is it yet to really take off? <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, we launched those back in like 2001, um, and they really triggered just a huge new wave because, like you said, it was just so much easier for brands to come and be like, "Oh, I love this product you're doing, but can you brand it for us?" Right. You know, and we'll we'll buy whatever you need. You know, and you're going, "Well, yeah, okay, cool." <laughs> um, and it did really well, like the first 12 years. Um, then there was, you know, the the recession that kind of hit in 2010 sure. and people kind of shifted from these higher end promo items to going back to these like $5 crap uh-huh. conventional t-shirts, you know, and, um, and a lot of like nonprofit organizations that really wanted them, but they'd be like, oh, we're kind of biting the bullet on the price points and I'd kind of have to kind of sweet talk them and go, well, listen, just put 10% of your budget into some hemp so you guys can look cool at your event and have some. And then, you know, you won't be stuck with them. You'll see how they do. And then every time they call us after the weekend and go, we sold all that hemp stuff in the first 10 minutes, you know, wish we would have had more. And so it it kind of helped them to be able to the next time go, you know what? No, we're going to dedicate half or more of our budget to this cool hemp stuff. But, you know, in the last few years, and I'll be honest with you, like, we don't want to be producing finished products. Like, we yeah. rather just focus on our our fabrics and being able to fill in more new fabrics. But it's helped the industry so much. And it's also kind of kick-started other parts of the industry. So, like, we did baby onesies and baby shirts and socks just to help kind of fill in for the cloth baby diaper market that was huge where we're going, gosh, the, the cloth diaper market's huge, but yet there's no real other products out there for the babies. So let's do a couple basics and kind of help push some brands out there to start doing some others to fill in and have a cool full collection. And that worked well enough that we were able to go, okay, we're going to discontinue the baby stuff now and let you guys just take over that. Um, and then, you know, the last few years we're starting to see where like the viscose hemp t-shirts have come on market that are, you know, few dollars less than our true high quality hemp or people are calling going, well, we like your shirts, but we want a cheaper one. And I'm going, you know, the only way to make a cheaper one is either a poor quality yarn or very little hemp or, you know, it's like you're swaying on the quality of your product. And and there have been times that I will produce something for a client that's having us come do a full package private label run for them. Mm -hmm. But typically, like I just tell people, I'm like, look, we don't produce crap. Like we only produce the highest quality goods. And that's what's pushed this market is, you know, people know when they get a hemp product that this is going to really last and perform just like they've been promised and they're going to see it firsthand and they're going to love it and they're going to have it forever and they're going to keep coming back for more, you know? So 
it's interesting. I mean, um, I see waves, you know, I see yeah. waves on the finished products and, and I definitely notice the more colors we can offer, the better. Cause yeah. a lot of times the brand will want it, but they're like, Oh, you don't have baby blue. That's our color, you know? And it's right. like, well, you can take our natural and dye them and then this and then this and then this. And they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, it's not a, you know, it's not as simple as you're just send it to the printer kind right. of program. So you know, it's just a matter of filling the voids and just keep the offering. And, and it's one of those things, you know, as a brand, we all experience that, like, people want everything you don't have. Oh, God, um, isn't that the and, truth? Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> so sometimes we, it's better to be, like, limited, this is it, no, nope, there's nothing else, yeah. whatever, you know. But I've been the one to push mom a lot on that and go, I'm going to add two more colors next production. Then I'm going to add two more in the next production. She's like, whoa, slow down. No, you got to wait at least three productions in between summer. Uh, Do you know what you're, you know? And so as a kid, I kind of had to get brought back down to earth a little bit and go, okay, get it. Yeah. You know, Um, but it's really helped. And, And just a few years back, we brought back our hemp hoodies. And it was so crazy how the timing was because the only other brand offering them on the market had discontinued them the same time I was bringing them in and everybody goes summer thank god you did this thank goodness thank goodness and I went why what's going on they said well there's nowhere to get them and I said I knew I was doing this for a reason I couldn't figure it out you know but that's what it was it was like the universe will just kind of guide you to where you need to be and what you need to be doing so really you know it really is awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, so one quick comment on that. So the only thing that ever kind of bummed me out about my time in the hemp industry was at the very end before before I sold it and went on to uh, corporate America was there was this whole wave of companies that was like, oh, hemp's hot. Well, let's just go get some garbage fabric, call it hemp, put a pot <laughs> leaf on it, you know what I mean, and then sell it for like – and and you know because you're involved in it. it's mm-hmm. to make high quality products that are made in a sustainable way where the labor is good and all that stuff. It's not cheap, you know. You you can't get a dollar hacky mm-hmm. sack made of 100% hemp and filled with the right kind of you know recycled materials in there. Uh, it just doesn't okay. all compute. And that was the one thing that bummed me out when I was getting out of it was like there's just just flood of and I felt like this is gonna it's not going to ruin the name of hemp, but it's going to make it hard because it's going to be cheap hemp products out there and people are going to get it. It's going to break and like, ah, this hemp is garbage. You know what I mean? So um, it's good that there are people like you that are hanging on to the quality. So we are down to our last two questions and the last question is the easiest one, I promise. So second to last question (laughs) is in all of your time, going back to when you were a kid in the factories all the way up to now, if you had to pick, uh, so Mount Rushmore, right? There's four presidents mm. on, on the mountain. You, out, mm-hmm. you, you have to pick four hemp products to be your Mount Rushmore of hemp products. What are those? Our Mount Hempmore. Mount Hempmore. <laughs> that's even better. Your, yeah. What is your Mount Hempmore of products? Oh, well, products. I thought you were going to say people. Um, oh, God, products, you know what? Products. Actually, if you want to go people, Wait. go people. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm free-flowing and easy. You want to go people? That's I'm down with that. I got a couple in my head, too. I think we should do people. All right. Yes. I'm in. So, of course, we got Jack. Yes. Jack Herr has to be on the, the Mount Hempmore. For sure. 
Um, of course, I would pick my mother. She's it. been at it forever and, and fought the good fight for way too long, bathing in buckets in some countries. Wow. People would have a hard time. Yep. Um, you know, I would put uh, Anita Roddick, who was the founder of Body Shop, yeah, who really course. helped push the envelope back in the 90s. Rest in peace. She, oh my goodness, no kidding. Yeah. Um, you know, I would put, uh, I would even put Michael Sutherland on there from people's hemp and rest in peace as well as michael sutherland um i would put eric steenstra on there for sure and um um i feel like i'm missing somebody i feel like i'm missing somebody can i throw one at you oh yes don warstaffer Donnie, Uncle Donnie. That's how could I miss Uncle Donnie? I just always Gosh. loved that dude's spirit, man. He was not afraid of anything or anybody, and he just I'm gonna make every mm-hmm. hemp product, and and he's the tip of the spear. Like he's the guy. It's always the first yeah. few people that are that go into it that end up paving a path, and then unfortunately, usually end up, you know, uh, as a you know a casualty. Uh, and I think Don fits that bill. And I just always, he was the one that really truly got me. And I met him at a trade show and, um, he was just such a ball of energy and so in, into it. I just always loved Don. Yeah. yeah. No, Donnie is our family and he, you know, I have to say next to my mother, Donnie Warshafter is probably my biggest fan and and supporter in my hemp career. And he has continued to lift me up and be there. And, you know, when I was 18 and we closed the hemp shop, I had all the goods in my living room and I was raided the next day. And they tried to charge me with 156 counts of paraphernalia. And it was clean. Oh, man, I could go on and on, you know, and. And it was crazy because back then I knew, and I have a different last name than my mother, yep. you know, so I knew, oh, crap, I can't let mom find out because she's going to make a stink. And then the media is going to make a stink of her and use her as an sure. example, you know. And so I called Donnie <laughs> and I said, Donnie, we can't let mom find out. Help, you know, and and he, um, of course, pro bono for yeah, me, he was yeah. doing a lot of pro bono work with normal back then and Absolutely. stuff, too. and. And, um, and it took me three and a half years in court to fight it. I ended up with a little possession, uh, misdemeanor charge in the end, but it took three and a half years to get to that oh my point. God, what a waste of and, time. Oh my you God. know, what's crazy is mom did not find out about that until about five years ago when Donnie was out visiting. That's the best. And he goes, well, it's like when Summer got popped. Remember, she goes, what are you talking about? And we were just looked at each other going, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. It's been so many years. We forgot she didn't even know, you know. But but Donnie's up to some very cool stuff these days. So if you haven't talked to him recently, let's get you guys connected, and you'll have to get him on the show because he's got some really, really exciting stuff going on. And and he's got a place that is going to be available to the public to come and get mind blown here very soon. So you know important everybody knows where That's to go. a great idea, and I absolutely want to have him on the show. Um, I miss his energy, so that's a great call. And I just love – I love any story that – you know, the parents don't know about until it's safe for them to know about. Like my kids are telling me, you know, my kids are like in their twenties now, like, dad, did you ever know that we had a party when you went to, you know, here and we did this and this happened and, 
we had to call the cops because and and it's it's funny now but it's like that that point in time where you get past a certain amount of time like it, it it's now expired as being a scary story and it's not just a a fun story all right mm-hmm. last question last question how can the people in the audience listening at home how can they find out more about enviro textiles how can they get involved in the hemp movement what would you tell people to do if they want to learn more about you your wonderful mother your company or the hemp movement in general well, of course, you can visit us on our website at envirotextiles.com. We are on all the social media platforms, so IGs, Envirotextiles, Hemp Specialists, uh, Facebook, and most of the others are just Envirotextiles. Um, we'll be making a big announcement here later this summer on that new hemp mall that is going to really be something to support and get tons of great info and get to meet so many people in our amazing circle and help form this circular economy within the hemp scene and give back in so we can keep pushing forward and moving in the right direction here. Um, Of course, Vote Hemp is always a wonderful association to get involved with and, and really who helps push the the legal position, which a lot of people don't realize we're still fighting for a lot of those areas. Um, You know, a lot of states are now kind of forming some hemp groups, so it's good to go check out, see who's involved, what's going on. Um, You know, if you're somebody that's considering planting, contact your local Department of Ag so you can find out who else is around, what everybody's growing. You know, one thing that I don't hear enough people talking about is kind of regionalizing our, our new cannabis nation here. You know, I mean, our, our state, Colorado, California, Oregon, Washington are, are some of the most prominent and like we went cannabis full board. We've got all of it, medical, you know, rack, hemp, CBD. And, you know, we, we also have very high pollinator plants here. So, we need to be careful of our neighbors and our cousin plants and kind of have regions that we know everybody's going to be cool, but also that's going to help push forward processing, too, yeah. because, you know, the more farmers in an area, the faster and easier it's going to be to put one of those central facilities in and start rocking out the hemp. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, get involved with whatever's going on in your area be open and honest. Don't feel like you need to hide things. This is the stuff that really helps to make sure there is some kind of organization that is going to really help make this move a lot further faster, you know? So um, that's my biggest advice. And, you know, and as you are buying stuff, whether it's for yourself or for a gift, don't forget about hemp, you guys. Go out, look for hemp. Go on Etsy, go on Instagram, search, you know, hemp women's wear or, you know, hemp socks. I mean, there's so many great brands that you're sure to find something you absolutely love. And when you get that product, I guarantee you're going to love it and it's going to be one of your favorite items that's going to stay with you for a long time. So that is really the best way to get involved is supporting these brands and and folks that are really helping to bring hemp back to the U.S. Oh, so well said. And I wish you could see the studio audience here. They are on their feet. They are cheering. They're giving you the wave. They've got these big, huge hemp flags that has Enviro Textiles written on it. Um, 
It's been an absolute pleasure, Summer, to talk to you. It, it's uh, it's so nice to talk to somebody who's still involved with hemp. You guys are truly fighting the good fight and have been for a long time. I'm a huge fan. Everybody go check out all the places that she mentioned. And again, Summer, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Ethan. And thank you for having the show and being part of the foundation of why we're all here today. And, you know, we're... We're just so excited to see everything move forward, and yes. we'll definitely get mom to join you here soon, too. I oh, know she'd awesome. love to reconnect. So, that'd yeah, that would yeah. be great. Awesome. We'll have a great awesome. night. Awesome. Thank you all. Good night. Take care.